0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
1: What a beautiful throw by the Big Victor!
2: Hasta la vista, baby!
1: Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome into tonight's show. It's your host. I am, uh, well, I'm going to play the role of host. My name is Jake Burns, as you know me. I am going to be joined here in just a second by a couple great, great guests. Well, Mike's actually co-hosting. Mike, I'm going to welcome you in early. What's going on, Jake? So, B, what's happening, man? How are you? And life is
2: good. Just, uh, it's signs of springtime in Cleveland. Uh, I was busy with All-Star stuff this weekend. Life is good.
1: Love it, man. We are in the uh, midst of early subs, my friends. 70's Child 1 subscribed for five months in a row. Let's Absolutely love that. Thank you so much. We are going to talk about what's going on in the OBR's offseason uh, setup right now, which is defensive line, and we're going to go over guys on the roster, and then we're going to look at some guys in free agency, and then maybe dip our toe into just a couple draft names that we have our eye on. Mike, we're going to be joined by a young man named Marcus Harvey. Marcus, what's happening? Hello. How are you, man? Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, Mar- Marcus, uh, tell everybody where you're writing at or what you kind of do uh, centered around football and how they can find more of your stuff. Uh, if yeah. they, I guess they got to like you tonight. But <laughs> put you on the um, a,
0: a lot of the work that I do is uh, for Horizon Draft. It's a draft website that has a mock draft simulator and a prospect database. Um, a lot of the work that I do is in that prospect database. So uh, heights, weights, speeds, um, data births for players. It's a great place to reference as, long, as well as reviewing every college roster and uh, working from first year players that might have stood out, uh, got significant snaps. Um, we'll write a synopsis, uh, one line synopsis of each player. So as you comb through different conferences, whether you're a college football fan or an NFL fan preparing for the draft, um, it pairs the reports that other people might write with mm-hmm. uh, every prospect. So whether it's deep down the board or at the top of the draft, there's a synopsis for every player.
1: Nice. They can find that on your Twitter bio? Yeah, they can. Very cool. And there's his Twitter link down there at the bottom. Well, his username down there at the bottom, at Marcus Harvey, I think that's an underscore. So check that out. It's well worth your time. And we've seen the date of birth stuff. We use it. I think it's really good. Uh, It's a good resource piece, among many other things. So let's dive in, guys. We're going to go around and just talk about uh, defensive end. So I'm just going to be as bland as I can possibly be (laughs) and add who's on the roster currently and whether we think they have a future in Cleveland, okay? So if we're looking back at performance, let's start here. I mean, we, we know 95 is going to be around for a while. That's not a secret, right? Um, I think we have to start talking about Jadevian Clowney obviously is the next big piece. So a very productive season. I would say at the price point that the Cleveland Browns signed Jadevian Clowney, it worked out extremely, extremely well. I have hesitations based on a couple things, Albert Breer's, comments about I don't know if everybody saw those but there were comments made by Breer about Clowney being a negative locker room presence uh, when all was said and done now again I don't know the validity of that I have not confirmed it with anybody but that is a obviously a spot for concern and then you look at whether Clowney will want to sign back for another year he's 29 going into 30 he obviously carries the injury concern that he brought here when they originally signed him before last year I think this draft has some good prospects, and I do think there are a couple free agents that my mind uh, is is interested in. I'm not as hell bent on keeping Clowney as I was just two weeks ago, Mike. I'll throw it to you, then we'll come to you, Marcus.
2: So, are you saying that, Jake just just based on that, like that report that threw nah, up some big time red flags for you? Well, it
1: it did, it did in a sense. It's the first I've heard of it. Uh, not that you know, uh, p- people are always out outwardly vocal about. Uh, locker room presence issues but that was just a justification Breer had you know without really being provoked about concerns he had whether the Browns would bring him back so that obviously raised my eye but then I got to thinking as well you know if you're going to give this guy a couple year deal the injury stuff has always been out there for him it's a little less promising that that you're going to get the return you got this year so listen I like him if they bring him back I have absolutely no issue so it's not about the player himself. Like I think he's a fantastic strong side edge who spills the run game the perfect way they need. A guy opposite of Miles, who's continuously playing pass to run. He is able to play run to pass and still be a productive yes. secondary defensive end. So I have no issues with the football player. I just think about okay, we've seen the positive side of the outcome for Clowney, but the the past results don't always promise future returns right that's something that you're always trying to balance in this whole thing so that's why my mind has shifted away from like gotta bring him back to like hmm david yabo's there in the draft or if there's somebody you know that i'm feeling good about in free agency as we talk about this i could see going that route so we'll, we'll talk about the free agents but i'm just like with clowny i'm in i i'm i'm not i don't have a problem with clowny i think if they brought him back again as long as i didn't feel like he he took advantage of of a deal that was on the wrong side of Cleveland protecting itself. But for the most part, I'm like not as committed to the clowny idea as I thought I was about two weeks ago. So Mike, uh, I'll give you the chance.
2: now. Yeah. So I, you know, the, 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 the locker room stuff, uh, you know, you can't judge anything on that. Cause you don't know if that's out of left field, if that's a rumor, that's not actually true. If that was true, if Jadavion Clowney was not a good uh, guy in the locker room, we saw what poor locker room influences can do to a team this year with the Browns. So uh, that's not something you really want to have around. Uh, so if that's true, okay, that, you know, that would change my mind. But other than that, nothing's really changed my mind on Clowney. I, I, I would like to have him back. Uh, he ideally for me, it's, am I going to go out there and be able to find somebody that produces better than Jadavion Clowney? And I don't, I don't know where I'm going to find that. And am I, am I going to be able to do it at a, at a value to the team? uh you know contract wise length of contract wise i don't know i i i don't know how realistic the clowny thing is because he had a good year and he's talked about listen money's going to money's going to sway my decision and so a length of contract and the amount of a contract is going to make a big big impact for him and i don't know how long i'm comfortable with them giving him a contract all that being said I, i'm kind of like you jake i feel like if if we got word that he walked because some team went out and gave him this enormous deal and he, he took it. I'd be like, okay. Like I understand that, Mm -hmm. but I would like to have him back. Cause I just don't know where you're going to get somebody that produces the way he does.
0: Uh, I I feel like that's real hit or miss.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm with it. What do you think Marcus?
0: Yeah. um, I think both of you have given really good points and something that I always like to bring up in the conversation about Clowney is that, It'll be hard, uh, r- really hard, to find production at the same tier as him um, in free agency, right? The pass rush, win rate, the ability to defend the run, and ability to stay healthy across the course of a season. Um, for his price tag, he did everything that the Browns wanted last year. He was the niche that that drove that defensive line to the next, uh, you know, level and ability to move inside and, and rush the passer and different things, and so as I look to free agency and knowing what he did this past year, I think he's priced himself way out of what the Browns truly want to spend on that defensive line. Now they can move money elsewhere and and recreate their identity in that room and really pay down the board uh, or across the line if they want to, but I I have doubts about that. And so reevaluating it, I think you have to look at multiple players to replace the value of Clowney and not just try to find one. Um, so with that, I think Clowney examines the market and saw the, the deal that, uh, the Tennessee pass rusher, Bud Dupree, uh, mm-hmm. got this past year and goes, well, I had a better season than Bud did. And Bud was coming off of an injury and I've just proved that I could be healthy. Um, why would I continue to sit here and say, you know, I'll, I'll sign for another one year deal. Um, he's proven time and time again, that he has the interest in rightfully so in, in his contract. And, uh I don't know if that money comes from Cleveland uh, and whether that's replacing with a mid-tier signing and a, uh, another swing like Tack McKinley on a lower tier free agent. Um, I- I'm not quite sure because I think they are going to prepare themselves for the draft and whoever's there at 13. Um, and if that's a defensive end, Andrew Barry might have to pull that plug. He's never drafted a defensive end through two drafts. And I know we're just talking clowny now, but yeah, yeah, ex- examining it all together, I think it's really important because uh, he is a focal point in a very key portion of what the Browns did last year. And they need to be cognizant of the, of that moving into next year.
1: Yeah. Cause Clowney, I, I don't know when Clowney's birthday is. Uh, do you guys know off the top of your head? He's 29 right now. Yeah, I know. I was trying to figure out if he's already, yeah. So he's had, that's ironic. He's only literally a year older than Bud Dupree. Like Bud Dupree's birthday is February of, of uh, 93 and Clowney's February of 92, I believe. So like you're talking about Dupree's contract, you're talking about five years, unless I'm, unless I'm looking at this wrong, five years, 82, 82.5 is what he received going yeah. into that year.
2: So the only question, the only question I would have about Clowney's market is with the injury history and with, not maybe producing every single year. Like teams would hope Jadavion Clowney would have produced. He had a really good year for the Browns last year across from miles Garrett. So yeah. do I think he earned himself a good contract? Yeah. Do I, do I, I, I mean, I, I think maybe a team's going to be just hungry for uh, a pass rusher and go out and spend a bunch of money. Maybe they will do that. But I, I just, I feel like there's still a little bit of a, a hesitancy on Clowney of we do have this injury history. We're not sure if he's going to be able to do it. If if we make him our main guy, if we make him our top paid defensive end, our top paid uh, pass rusher, is he going to be the guy that does what we need to do? So I, I'm i wondering if the market – like I think he's going to go out and test the market and take whatever deal he can get. But I'm I'm wondering if the market's going to do what he expects it to do. And if it doesn't, then I'm interested to see if he is interested in playing with Miles Garrett and, and on that defensive line again because I think it was really good for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What a ballsy contract that Dupree contract was. Coming off <laughs> <That's OSCO. right. laughs>
0: and, yeah. and I think what, what stands out about that is it only takes one team, right? It yeah. only takes one team it's to right. sit here and say, that's, that's yeah. the guy. That's the piece we want to invest in. If the Rams are able to bring back Von Miller, well that takes away one name that could be getting a multi-year deal as opposed yeah. to Clowney. And then you look down the board and say, well, money's really been a driving force rightfully so for Clowney throughout his career. Everyone has the right to, to to figure out what works for them, but if we're talking about people that you would like to splash money on, uh, I think a T could very very well say Clowney's that guy, um, indifferent yeah. of what PFF is predict- projecting is that one year contract,
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're totally right about that. So the perception of Clowney gets completely skewed, right? Because last year he's coming off that terrible season with the Titans yes. where he missed time. Uh, I think he went on IR to end the season. Yeah. And now you're talking about a guy who really performed well. And you're right. If a team is making a real push to, hey, we're going to Rams this thing and we're going to go all in, and he's the piece we believe we're missing, I definitely understand the justification for why one team could be hey we'll give you two for 30 right that's different it's a little different so i don't know what that'll look like but i feel like the clowny thing is a little more up in the air than i originally anticipated put it that way i thought there was going to be a mesh point early uh, how his market plays out will be extremely extremely interesting
0: so yeah, i don't w- i don't w- think that contract comes before uh like free agency i think that yeah. is a free agent discussion
1: for sure. I think he plays the field. I definitely think he's going to yeah. take offers. Around. Agreed. So, okay. So you're, you're talking about Tack McKinley's already out the window. So the other names that you have back at edge at all, we're not going to talk practice squad guys. We're just going to talk about active roster guys as the year ended. Porter Gustin, Afeidi Adenibo, and Curtis Weaver. I Listen, Porter <laughs> Gustin's got my son's name. I'll always have a sweet spot for Porter Gustin but just a very rigid dude. Um, a guy yeah. that I don't mind having on a practice squad, hovering around if injuries happen, but I don't see a second or third defensive end here. I just, I, I don't see that, and they're going to have to really address it. Do you guys want to step up to the plate for Porter Gustin, Afadia Deneboe, Who's okay, right? He's okay. I thought a, I was going to say I thought Adenovo was fine. Yeah, and... fourth, fourth guy, fourth or fifth yeah. guy, right? Yeah, uh, or Curtis Weaver, who I just have not seen. Uh, <laughs> I just see a guy who's out of position all the time. Like, he's not a defensive end, but he's not a, He's like maybe he's a three four four I. I don't know what he is. I really don't know what he is. But I was not very impressed. Either of you want to
0: step up for those three? If not, we will uh, to
1: start peeking at the uh, edge rankings here.
0: Um, I think a important thing to know about. Like Port Gustin, and uh I think they're both restricted free agents, so they have to have that rights to their contract activated. They're not currently under contract. Um, Let's check that Curtis out. Weaver is the only one under contract in that room moving forward, even on a futures deal. And to me, that speaks volumes about the amount of work that needs done across this across this <laughs> room because you you can't ha- like Miles Garrett is one of the best to start a room with, right? but then after we're uh, looking down the sheet of paper and we need to fill it out still. So um,
1: I'm not sure on Porter Gustin. I know that, I know that a is a, is a restricted, I don't know if Gustin still has an exclusive rights year or I'm not sure. I I don't, I don't know where he sits,
2: but it's, but it's also, I mean, they, they, they had it, pretty well figured out this was not the weakest part of the Browns last year no 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 so when, when you got Miles out there you found a guy that would play with Miles really well in Clowney and even 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 the year before uh especially when Miles was out and and he had a guy like Olivia Vernon you can plug in a number like it's easier to find a number two than
3: mm-hmm. it is to
2: find a number one right and so uh I, I think there's a lot of guys and we'll, we'll look at the list here that you could plug in across from Miles Garrett and then, and then, like you guys said, take a shot on one of these guys like Tack McKinley. Find another guy like that who's got the talent and, and the skill and, and bring him in. They're, this room isn't that far off. It's it's just they just got some things to figure out, whether that means you keep Clowney. Uh, but you definitely need to add one more. Uh, even if you think Porter Gustin and, and Adenabo are guys that can come in and just kind of make good depth plays at this position, you still need one more one more kind of that number two guy uh, to come in and be a part of that as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's where you sit, okay? So I think we're going to get to defensive tackle here in a minute, and you would analyze defensive tackle, and I think you could safely say without being concerned about being wrong, in my opinion, that that's a w- even worse position group because you don't have the, the Miles Garrett sitting atop that position group. So, um, yes, it is – let's look at defensive end, Okay. I don't think, based on Von Miller's comments. Uh, yeah, maybe let's maybe let's not even go there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's gonna, that's gonna quite pan out. Chandler Jones. It depends on the dissension in Arizona, right? He's been happy there for a while. Is somebody willing to step up and pay him more? I mean, I don't know. He's been, he can be either or. I don't have any issue about a scheme fit for Chandler Jones by any stretch, but it's uh it's what you're paying for, right? There's been dips in production since 19. I don't think that's a secret in terms of what he used to be. It's going to play this year at 32. Uh, if I'm going after somebody approaching 30, right. I probably just give that money to Clowney and feel pretty good about that. Right. Am I wrong? Or do you guys have an interest in either of these two? Uh, I mean, I, I just have a hard time with Von Miller. I don't think that's let's, coming to fruition. Let's, fruit not. A shot. let's okay. not. I mean, do you want to make a case to really go after Chandler Jones, Marcus, or do you, uh, did you rather look elsewhere?
0: I think you're looking for a 1 year deal. Uh yeah. who who's interested in a 1 year deal. So of these top guys, I think that helps you with roster flexibility in years moving forward uh what they're really kind of looking for. So got it. Dig that.
1: All right, so then you start looking down the line. Randy Gregory, knee issue, right? Uh has had some off the field issues I believe, but his numbers last year as a pass rusher, were really strong. He was 12th among qualifying edge defenders according to Pro Football Focus. Here, uh, with an 84.7 pass rush grade, sixth in pressure rate at 15.5%. He's same age, right? So I guess the question then becomes again: Are you interested more in Randy Gregory or are you interested more in Jadevian Clowney? Because it's a similar money tier, in my opinion. Ma, let's start with you, Marcus. Go ahead.
0: Uh- yeah, if, if Randy Gregory is on the, on the one-year deal, I'm looking for the one-year deal amongst these guys. Yeah. Um, so who, whoever wants to figure that out, I think there is a real market there. Um, but these guys are all 29 and approaching 30. So the likelihood of a second contract coming off of it is is on the lower side, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I'm good with any one of these uh, top five. I don't, I don't really have a preference over one or another. I think the contract structure is what I'm looking for.
1: Emmanuel Og was obviously interesting. He took his best strides as an NFL player outside of Cleveland. And I don't know how interested he would be in a reunion. I would, I would be sure that it would have to be something more than a year, because I think he's going to get some people that are interested in him for more than a year. I mean, in terms of guys who do what Clowney does, not at the same level quite, but a player who's a little younger and pretty durable. If they wanted to go after Agba again, I would have absolutely no issue with it. I don't think you should drop a drop a three-year deal like they're listing here, but I could be into a second year for Agba to get him closer to 30. I would be okay with. I know you're more in the one-year-looking angle here, Marcus, but Agba's but a kind of glove fit here for what they're looking for. Again, I just don't know what he feels about Cleveland having – been dealt right been dealt didn't he did he sign in miami or how did that pan out for him i do not recall if he was traded down there or if he signed he, in miami
0: wasn't he, he went, a part of a deal from houston to miami i thought he went to kc
1: right didn't they trade him for eric murray I could be completely. he, went, he was in kc
0: all right i know there was we- a lot of deals that went back and forth between miami and houston and i yeah. thought he he would have
1: Um, so he gets to the dolphins after a year with the chiefs in 2019. I don't know how he got there. If he just signed there as a free agent, I'm sure somebody listening maybe has already uh, made note of this. So he was acquired, he was placed on the IR 19. And then that's the last transaction listed. I'm not sure how he ended up Miami had to just been a signing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not,
2: I I mean, if, if you're, if you're as far as a player goes, it's a, it's, it's a great, op- it's what we're talking about. It's a good number two. And he's a guy that he's a guy that hasn't shown the plateau at this point. He's a guy that mm-hmm. has, has gotten better. He had the best year of his career last year. And it's like, yep. once he kind of got comfortable and figured out what he was doing, he showed he can be a really, really good football player. With that being said, like Marcus, if you're looking for a one-year deal, this is not going to be your guy because he just, he, his last year, he earned more than a one-year deal. Yeah. He's, he's 28 years old. he, He'd be crazy to take a one year deal somewhere for sure and somebody mm-hmm. will offer him more than that. Now with that being said, for me, I'm with you, Jake. Would I give Emmanuel Agbe a, a couple of years? Yeah, I would. I think yeah, again, yeah. I, I think I think showing the improvement and showing the uh, the just kind of the overall understanding of how to better play the position that he showed last year, mm-hmm. uh again, put him across from Miles Garrett and watch him work and I I I think he'd be I think he'd be a great addition back. Again, The question then is, does a guy that left Cleveland in a certain way want to come back to Cleveland? I don't know.
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Yeah, there's some moving money. Like if the Browns are freeing up money out of some other spots, right? Um, then then they definitely I could I could justify that. But if they're up against it because they keep a couple people, maybe we weren't anticipating. Uh, I'm not going to invest a ton there. Uh, I would look at some of the other names. Maybe the name below it, Melvin Ingram, who came on really really strong um, when he went to KC after the Pittsburgh debacle. Uh, I do think Agba. See, see here, he signed a two year deal uh, with Miami for 2020 for up to 15 million. So that's uh that's how that came to fruition so yeah i mean like ingram is interesting i don't think i'm in on reddick i don't think that's the type of player that fits this defense but harold landry is another name that gets floated out listen i loved harold landry and he's drafted thought the browns should have been a little bit more in on drafting him but i think he's set to be overpaid just me personally i think he benefited from a really good uh, group of people around him in tennessee now the age is beautiful right it's 25 is gonna play 26 like i get it i just don't have interest in that player for this defense i'm not sure what you guys think but I think I'm, I'm good on Harold Landry, who, again, th- their projected number here is four years, $60 million. So, you know, yeah.
0: If uh, I'm going to uh, do that 15-a-year deal, it's going to be for Agba, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Agba is the best fit of any of these players for what the Browns want to do outside of repeat, run it back with Clowney. Yeah. Um, but I do still think that, like, even a one-year deal for a player like Melvin Ingram would be incredible. Yeah. Um, and really something that I think Ingram might be interested in uh, as he really didn't take kindly to that third rusher spot, but really slotted in as a two.
1: I could definitely see some of the other aging veterans here like Justin Houston would be of interest. Jerry here's, Hughes, your one-year yep, here's your one year deals. Here's your one year deals that I'm in on any of these guys. Jerry Hughes is another guy that has been around winning. And I'm also... I don't know how Derek Barnett's getting three years projection here. <laughs> I, I'm not totally understanding that. I get it; he's still young. I think the PFF trends young, so then they, when they look at some of these deals, they say if a guy's a certain age, they got a better chance of getting a longer deal. Like if you're looking for a Barnett being like a like a Tack McKinley reclamation project, that's a guy I could definitely yes. be in on if somebody yeah. doesn't offer him that money. Now somebody could. They're like I said, they're they're saying three years, thirty-seven and a half million. Is the number that uh, that they're projecting? We'll see if that comes to fruition. But I would be in on Barnett. Uh, I have not studied Charles Harris. Have you guys? Do you feel one way or the other? No. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul is out there. He's been around forever. A Really bad year last year. So if you're having a bad year on that Tampa D line, it's hard to. Uh, yeah, let's not hard to hard to figure it out. But again, if it's cheap, I'm not opposed to it. If it's if it's cheap enough, you know, he's he's 33, but. If a guy wants to come in and, and, and he has, I mean, that guy's got, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul has had uh, productive seasons for a while. Maybe yeah, last had, year was, you know.
2: just He's a, had massive uh, last years, last year, but he's year. he's that kind of guy, that, that like third guy, right,
1: at mm-hmm. this point. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm really gearing this toward what they need to. I think yeah. they need to, and they don't want to go into the draft like hunting, right? Hunting a guy. Yep. Yeah, if they yeah, went in I
2: hunting, if they were like, yeah, we picked up Jason Pierre Paul and we're gonna put him across for Miles Garrett, it would be like, oh, that's
1: scary. That's yeah. not great. Let's not do that. Totally agree. There's plenty of names here. I've been kind of interested, but in um, oh, let's try it. I've 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 watched some tape and I like him. <laughs> it's the name. Do it. Ogmania, Ogmania. Feel good about that. Okoro, oh boy, or quo. I'm trying, it's an A for effort, maybe somebody can step to the plate and uh, laugh you at me a little type bit. Type it out but in the comments. He had a good year, now again you're playing on a D-line with Aaron Donald and, and some of the others, and, and Quinn and some of the others that they have, and Von Miller obviously, but in terms of like a guy that you could maybe find some snaps in, rotational piece, I'm interested, I'm not in on Arden Key, Dante Fowler, another tack McKinley like reclamation project that could be out there. Right. So this market has a ton of guys, I think in the, the, again, here's Tack showing up here, like in that range, I don't think we, we as a group here, the three of us feel great about replacing Clowney really well. Now that's where you would hope that you could, if you wanted to draft somebody, find that person. But again, you're talking about wanting to draft a first round pick. That is, a wide receiver or justifying some other positions that you could talk me into. Like I'm doing a mock tomorrow with if they move on from Jack Conklin, if the right offensive tackles there, I'm not opposed to the right offensive tackle, that kind of thing. Like, so there's a lot of angles at play here. The interesting thing is that this is a third, this is more of a third defensive end market than a second. Would you guys agree with me on that? Yep. Yeah. And
2: I think, I think it all leads back to, you know, do the Browns feel it's going to be interesting to see what Andrew Berry and the and the crew feels because this is supposed to be the strength, uh, the core strength of the defense is being able to get to the to the passer and let those defensive backs make big plays because you're putting so much pressure on the passer uh, with your with just the front uh, okay. four or five guys that uh, it makes it really hard. And so, again, for me, all this talk. And I know he's probably going to warrant a little bit of extra money, but all this talk, and I'm like, I don't know how you're going to find somebody that's better at what we need than Jadavian Clowney.
1: It's probably the simplest path. It's again, is some team going to come in and wrecking ball it? Right? Is some team going to mm-hmm. be hungry to offer him more than Cleveland's willing to go? And if they do, then you start looking at ways to get creative, like Marcus said, and find his production. Maybe that isn't in one guy, but is in two guys. So. Yeah. That's the name list we tried to drop there. Let's talk about defensive tackle. Um, Okay, so we'll start with the two Malik's. I think Malik McDowell is definitely gone, may not have another snap in the NFL based on his offseason. I don't think we need to delve into that. Malik Jackson, obviously a veteran. It's going to be 33. He faded uh, pretty quickly throughout the year. Didn't think he was much of a factor down the stretch. He was okay. It wasn't an absolute disaster, but he really was not the player I think some people were hoping he could give them, uh, especially down the stretch. And then you look at the only other two defensive tackles outside of the other one I'll get to, but the two young guys, Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togi. I have had concerns about Jordan Elliott since the day they drafted him. They have manifested into two years of his career where he's not productive. He doesn't play with sound technique. He doesn't play with great leverage consistently enough. Relies on the athleticism that got him through college, and he is a non-factor far too often. Tommy Togi is still young. I'm going to give him another year to figure yeah. out what he really is, but he doesn't doesn't play that hard. He plays passively for me in his first year, and uh, it's too it's too easy in my opinion to give up pursuit to try to chase a tackle. He'll like uh, <laughs> it sounds silly, but he doesn't really work consistently gap defending and will get driven downfield with no issue for making a tackle seven yards downfield as a defensive <laughs> interior player which i don't love That's and i great. just don't i don't see any refined pass rush stuff yet so i don't know i i don't we're looking at the group sheldon day has had some promise right he had yeah. some in he had some snaps that had some results tied to them D- didn't get a ton he's 27 he'll play next year 28 i mean are you encouraged by I'm not expecting the Browns to go out and and totally drop a ton of capital, both money and and draft on defensive tackle here. But like, I'm not that encouraged by the group. I think the, the two there's three that I think are back. And that's Tommy and Jordan, because they're on rookie deals and Sheldon Day, because I think he'll be cheap again. Right. I don't know if he's a restricted free agent or not maybe you guys know and have studied this beforehand i have not but i think they have a means to keep sheldon day around but those three make me really uneasy and i think the browns need to sign two guys minimum thoughts uh mike i'll let you go first
2: so i guess my first question is this and 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 I, i i don't know that it really even matters but like did the browns ever even say anything about malik mcdowell
1: I think they said they were aware of the situation and right. they were monitoring the typical stuff. I just don't, it's not.
2: I know. I know. It just feels like it feels like, I, I don't know. It feels like there's more to what happened than what happened.
1: It could be. Yeah. And
2: yeah. Uh, I'm just interested that they haven't said anything again. I'm not expecting anything uh, out of that, but I also just found it very interesting that you didn't get the, Oh, Malik McDowell is not going to be a part of the Browns moving forward type deal yeah. with something that was so, you know, caught on tape, <laughs> you know, egregious. Uh, but it's interesting to me, unless they're just trying to just play it as like, "Ah, this is just going to go away and we're going to let him walk and we don't have to make a comment and we can be done with it, which I would understand. But other than that, Jake, you're right. You're right. There's There's not a lot to be excited about. I like what Sheldon Day was able to do, but that's Sheldon Day's role, I think, is to be a depth guy that can come in and make plays. I don't know that you can trust Sheldon Day to be out there more than what he was making plays uh i I don't know i don't know that you can trust that and and i was so high when they drafted tommy togi i was so excited for that because because of watching ohio state and the impact he had on that college defense it was like a different defense when he wasn't on the field and when he was on the field it was a different thing i i i expected him to have a bigger impact his rookie year he didn't but no i mean this is another this defensive line that we were all so excited about this is an area where um there's massive improvements needed This is rough on the inside.
1: Yeah. So Jordan Elliott had 464 snaps on the year and 258 pass rush snaps. He had 10 pressures, a sack, and one batted ball. He had 18 tackles. He had 10 stop tackles. He graded out really poorly, 41.6 for the year. Uh, Tommy Togiai, who had less snaps. Tommy had a 39.8 total grade, 125 snaps, only two pressures. On the year and uh, five stop tackles, uh, the two that did produce some results uh, were Malik Jackson had a forty-four-four final grade, Tack- oh. or, uh, Malik McDowell had a four. They had no defensive tackle grade above fifty other than Sheldon Day. Um, so it's pretty. It was pretty bleak before they even let those two guys go. Sheldon yeah. Day, Sheldon Day went two hundred thirty-three snaps and in just one hundred forty-four pass rush snaps had one hundred eleven. Jesus, not 111. 11 total pressures. If you did 111, you're having a conversation. Now we're talking. With a lifetime yeah, con- lifetime contract out here. Uh, to, he had. He did end up with a couple sacks, eight hurries. He had a batted ball, and then he had a couple stop tackles. So he, he plays to the quarterback better right? than than the run game, as his size would indicate at 6'1", 290. So uh, he's a piece. The other two young guys are keeping, and then let's just start getting out in front of uh, some yeah. guys at this position. I'm interested, real quick, Marcus. I'll throw this to you because I'm going to tee this up. Like,
0: yeah,
1: what kind of cat I mean, I again, you 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 pass your cap out. Can't give it to everybody, right? Like, you right. can't. I mean, if you sometimes get stronghold uh, into situations where a guy is at a position who's just really damn good, like JOK might be that result for us in a few years. Where like we don't really want to pay linebackers, but this guy's an absolute animal, so we're going to have to pay him. I don't love paying defensive tackles because I think there's like 10 of them that are actual difference makers in the NFL and the rest are just kind of dudes. And, you know, like I get, there's ranges to the dude stuff here, but like, I don't want to, I'm not really worried about throwing a ton of money at this position. Anyway, I just need guys who can keep my linebackers free. And every now and again, if they get singled up, can you beat a pass? Or can you beat a guard, right? Can you beat a guard and do something relatively uh, decent there? So, uh, I'll let you kind of give your thoughts on that and then, and then yeah. we'll dive into some prospects here.
0: Yeah, just looking at the Browns' room, it, it it has to improve. And I think we didn't even mention in reviewing that the start of the season when we had Andrew Billings and how Malik McDowell was forced to be a nose tackle when he was really not a nose tackle, but he had the body to handle it out of anyone else in that room. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really disheartening thing to see all year long uh, with him having to play your nose because no one else could play your nose um, because you had $4 million locked in on a guy that you couldn't let see the field. Um, so with that, I think that $4 million deal is going to dictate a lot about how they handle this off season. They, I don't believe they want to lock in on any one defensive lineman. I do think that you need to bring in long three guys along your defensive line. However you shake it, like you need veterans who are able to play now. Um, and with the Malik McDowell thing, I don't know like they could exercise his rights to his contract. I know the whole situation and whatnot, but they could move on from him whenever they get more information with no cap hit. Um, so even if it's just a contract that they hold between May or whenever that league year starts and training camp, um, it's $825,000, but can be moved on with at any time without any salary cap hit. So, um, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I don't have that information. That information is not public. I won't pretend to know. Um, but I do think that there's a whole lot of lists. I have 17 guys here that I would be okay with, you know, floating a, a one-year deal, two-year deal on uh, here for the defensive line, as opposed to the edge guys where it was only six deep. Um, and so I do think there's a little more depth and a lot younger players here coming off of their first contract to benefit the Browns a lot more. Um yeah, I'm not looking for a pass rusher here. I'm looking for a guy to stop the run, and that's that's, that's my driving force.
2: I'm looking for yes that that was the thing that killed me, and that's that's the thing that Billings that was what Billings was supposed to be. That's like Billings blew up the whole defensive line for the Browns when he just never showed up. Uh, but that's what he was supposed to be. I I am Marcus. I love how you said that. I just find me a guy that can eat up two blockers, so that JOK's life is easier. And so that Miles Garrett's life is easier so that the defensive line or offensive line for the other team has to think twice about sending the double teams out to the outside and, and somebody that can just eat up that middle and give these guys a chance to make a play in the run game. That is, to me, that was
0: so sorely missing for the Browns last year. And I, and I do think it's really important to talk about free agents in this room and not draft guys. Um, That's something I keep coming back to for this defensive tackle discussion is that, it's really hard to thrust one of these young guys that you'll get through the draft into a starting position. Um, I really think that you need an NFL proven, you know, one and three tech to be able to hold these blocks, especially if Jacob Phillips and uh, JOK are going to be your linebackers at both undersized. So um, yeah, Uh, Jake, if you want to, Start yeah, or whatever. yeah I,
1: I would say to add to that young element too, and I know we're not going into draft pos- prospects really tonight, but they, 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 if they draft another defensive tackle, you're essentially giving up on one of the two you have because you're running out of snaps. Right. Like you can't keep playing Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai. Then you go draft Travis Jones or you get Perry on Winfrey or something like that, where you're uh, near the top. Or uh, I like Logan Hall because he has a little bit more flexibility positionally. Not sure exactly what he is. And and he's exciting piece of clay to mold, maybe. But like your point to your point, then you'd have three rookie contract defensive tackles. But we also want to go sign two other defensive tackles. And then we still kind of like Sheldon Day. What are you doing there? You're going to have to eat crow on one of those young guys, which again, I'm not opposed to. I, I think the biggest mistake we can have sometimes is when we draft a guy and cling into him far too long than you need yeah. to cling to him. If you make a mistake, understanding that you made a mistake is a really important thing to do. And wad a guy up and get like, like uh, uh what's his name? Chad, Chad, what's his nuts? Chad Hall, Chad, Chad, help me out. Rock band, Chad, uh, defensive end. I'm losing my mind. They hung on to him way too long. Browns did. He was. Chad, I don't remember. Uh, this may not be Chad. This is, this is how you can tell I've been doing this stuff. Chad Browns Thomas. Too. Chad Thomas. Thank you. Oh, Mr. yeah. Beats. Chad Thomas. You got to recognize that mistake sooner. You got to recognize it. When you whiff, you whiff. And like, you got to know. Thank you guys for jumping in on Chad Thomas there. You got to know. You got to know when it happened. And and I hope they can do a little bit of that. But to the to the general point, as we have information right now, Got to expect that they're going to continue to give those those young guys snaps, so it gets dicey. Listen, I I could get into Akeem Hicks or Calais Campbell. I know they're older. If I'm talking one-year deals, I don't care that Calais will play into year 36. He's an absolute freak of nature human. He can still do it. He's still very, very good. Akeem Hicks, if you want to go back and have fun, go back and watch Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio take turns trying to block Akeem Hicks when the Bears came to Cleveland. It's really fun viewing. I did it with – with our guy, Kyle Murphy. And it was just like, man, that's just tight ty- tight match up there. Especially when he ran into yep. teller all those times, uh, I would imagine the top three are on your list here. Now, Fatakasi Marcus kind of had a rough year this year uh, compared to his last few years, but I still think he's a very good player. He eats up run game stuff and um, I'm interested. So I'll let you, I'll let you kind of, if you put 17 names, let's kind of scroll through and you can tell me whether you're into these guys, Fatakasi, is there interesting player, BJ Hill, kind of these, these guys are three year peg though, right? These two, first two yeah. are, they, they say Hicks could get a second year, but never know, right? Hicks might not get a second year, but you're into these two at the three year, two to three year range.
0: Yeah. I, okay. I I think that, you know, there's a select group of of those three year players that I'm kind of looking at. And then below that, a player like Danny Shelton, that might be a backup one technique uh, that you mm-hmm. might be able to bring back to Cleveland. Um, who has really good size can control the run if that's truly the goal of what we're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. The difference between a eight million dollar one tech and a DJ reader, if you look back at, at history, and um, you know a next player that might be a defensive tackle or a nose t- tackle at two million dollars. I don't know. I might want to spend that money and get Clowney back on the edge and reallocate the money along the defensive line that way versus signing a Sebastian Joseph Day and. Uh, to, the, to the one technique uh, as he played very well for the Rams, tore his pec, but was able to return for the Super Bowl. So um, mm-hmm. that that would be my shift in like looking for a player on a short contract, whether it be a Limbaugh-Joseph uh, kind of player or, or something like that for a nose tackle and then spending more money on edge because it is so deprived. Um, yeah, my ideal situation for the defensive line would be bringing in uh, Danny Shelton back at nose, getting uh, then on the edge, bring back Clowney, and then you're looking at a three technique of somebody like Akeem Hicks. Uh, I know that's two older guys along the defensive line, but if you're really trying to make a push right now, uh, I'd rather get Akeem Hicks and have him play the three technique with JOK behind him than uh, a lot of other options that the Browns can explore.
2: Marcus, I'm going to have like sweet dreams tonight of Danny Shelton diving on piles way after a play which he was so good at when he was with the browns the first time keep, around keep I danny just
1: wanna... shelton about 180 snaps that's what you get i, I you know i i'm with it that he was the, the he defined the flop on pile the fop he was yes. that. give me danny um, shelton
2: diving on piles again i want to see it
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think you're right though they need two guys who can be one techs for sure um and i think guy that i keep kind of coming back to is limbo joseph if you're looking like you know those guys who are who are even at the bottom underneath of Akeem Hicks gets people really excited. You know uh, I'm definitely in into that. If we're going like, hey, we want a little bit of long term from a guy, DJ Jones is definitely an interesting player to me. Um, you know he still gets a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. He's still relatively young, just turned 27. Could be into BJ Hill. Uh, there's like like we said here. There's a lot of guys in this category here. Maybe we could pull with Cincinnati. You guys took Larry. We'll take. We'll take B.J. Hill back and we'll call it even in the long term there. But I think your your general feeling, Marcus, is right where I don't want to overpay the tackles because I know I'm going to have to pay up for a defensive end that I am more so interested in. Right. So I like that general thought. So you gave us your ideal uh, list here from these guys. Give it to me one more time, Marcus, if you can.
0: Yeah, that would be Akeem Hicks at your three. Danny Shelton is your true nose at one. Looking to be in a backup one. Um, I, I don't know, maybe a Tim Settle. He's a younger player just coming off his first contract. Never got like starter snaps at, for the Washington football team uh, or now the Washington Commanders. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think he's uh, someone of intrigue. And then um, bringing in Clowney at defensive end. I think it's important to know that the Browns did bring in three one-year contract players uh, last year during free agency at this position. Um, they ultimately let go. I forget his name. He ultimately signed with the Chargers and uh, them with the Bengals. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the piece thing that they're going to put together.
1: I like it. Mike, any of, uh, any of yours that catch the eye in your ideal scenario here?
2: No. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's part of the fun of this is I think we can all have these, you know, DJ Jones is a guy that you know, as you pass him by. It's always a name that, that just stops my eye as I'm looking at the list. Calais Campbell. That's, that's like my, I, I don't know. I don't know how attainable Akeem Hicks is. I don't know what, what they're going to do to try to bring a guy like Akeem Hicks in. I love the idea of Calais Campbell on a one-year deal. I just, if I could just watch him bat other teams passes down instead of the Browns, <laughs> it would be great. Yeah. Uh you know, guys that I've brought up, uh, Quentin Jefferson out of Vegas, I really like. I think he's pretty versatile, uh, and he can play a lot of different ways. Uh, so I, I like Quentin Jefferson uh, as far as the inside, but but no, it's it's another one of those. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I I think there's we've talked about so many of these guys that I'm just trying not to be redundant. We've talked about Harrison Phillips like crazy. Uh, you know, we've talked about so many of these guys, but the point is, again, whatever you do, they need somebody. That is some kind of force on the inside of that line to a make a difference in the run game that they didn't, they weren't terrible against the run last year, but like still they didn't have a, they didn't have a guy on the inside of that line making an impact. Uh, and then to to help free up those guys on the outside, I think it's so important. So yeah, for me, I, I, I think I also agree. I think the, the dream scenario on the inside would be Hicks. Uh, I think he's the best player on the board. Uh, I just don't know if that's the guy. And and I think there are some other younger guys that could be pretty cool to bring in as well.
1: I'm not sure what's up with Kiffin returning. I don't, I don't know whether to read well into that or not. I have no idea. That's a strange scenario to me. Maybe that has been, uh, expressed. Something has been explained. I have not heard why he came back. Maybe, you know, Berea is just too nice to leave. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But he is back, and that keeps some continuity, which I like. Again, I'm into the idea of three players signed ahead of the draft in these two positions total. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they'll sneak a fourth guy in like a Tim Settle or somebody on a cheap, cheap deal, right? But I don't I, – I need my defensive tackles with this group where it appears they want their edge guys, upfield edge guys, pushing quarterbacks up. I need people that get on the field and pass downs to be able to, to, to shed and handle quarterbacks escaping up and out of the pocket. Too too often we saw quarterbacks in, in important situations. Miles would run the arc, Jadevian would run the arc, and they would have a clear path to step up and slide out. I need guys who are a little better at handling that. But like to your point, guys, eat double teams just be dudes, right? We don't need, just don't suck. (laughs) Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes you got to put it in the right phrase, right? Like I'm not asking for you to be, and I know Mr. Pierce, you're making a, a comment of pocket collapsers. Like I would love that. That's a great outcome, but I'm just asking you to be respectable. They need defensive tackle to be respectable because at times last year, it was not a respectable group and it was hurting more than it was helping. So that is the angle. Guys, we've covered every aspect of this as we can without the draft. Marcus, uh, it's a pleasure to finally get you on an OBR show here, man. One of many in your future if you would like to join us. We appreciate your insight uh and your and your time. You guys see his Twitter handle down there is at Marcus Harvey underscore. And uh, make sure you're checking his stuff out. Mike, you guys are back tomorrow night for your nine o'clock garage beers episode. Who's uh who's the guest this week? We're having uh, we're having uh, a
2: guy that's in similar vein to what we do with the Browns here on the OBR. We're having uh, Evan Damarel on. Uh, uh, we're going to talk some Cavs. Uh, we're going to talk about the All Star. We're gonna we're gonna see uh, if we can get excited for this playoff push for the Cleveland Cavaliers with Evan. So he'll be on with us tomorrow night.
1: Make sure you guys check that out. You can check out uh, check that out live here on the OBR Twitch or you can check it out at the Garage Beers Podcast which is now a blue wire production. Pretty excited about that, man. So uh, thanks guys. Thanks Mike. Thank Marcus. Thank you Marcus for joining tonight. We will be back. And again, we'll get into all the draft prospects around these guys after free agency. We try to piece this thing off. So we're not adding too, too much uh, at one time. So this is the options in free agency that can, uh, that can give us an answer at these positions of need, which are a little bigger positions of need than people will let on. Uh, so I'm glad we hashed this out. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for following and subscribing to the OBRs Twitch. We appreciate your support on the website. We appreciate your support in podcast form, as you guys do. Have a great night. Thanks again to Mike and Marcus for joining, and we'll catch you tomorrow with our dueling mock draft show where Stephen Thomas, the big bum, was back from vacation. Finally, we'll get into mock draft. Thanks, guys. Have a good Thank night. you.
2: Cheers.